We are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Competition is a good thing. It certainly is. More on that in a bit. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance. Across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Yeah, competition's a good thing. They think they'll have it at a few of these places. That maybe some of these quarterback battles aren't decided uh, going into fall camp at some of these SEC schools. All right, so welcome into Hour 2. We'll talk about that and more in the Bureau with you. I'm connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer-inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. I got a text here from Norman. Coffee Norman. Hey, Norman, I don't mean to make you jealous. By the way, before I read your text, I don't mean to make you jealous. But when I got home yesterday from my trip over into the Delta, came back from Greenville, there was a package waiting on me at my door from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. And I picked it up, brought it in, and I knew what it was. One, by the label, but two, by the smell. Before I even opened it up, it smelled so good. A bag of breakfast blend, one-pound bag from High Point Roasters. Another bag from that, it's called... Um, what is it? Wazuzu? I, I, I have to look at the label to be able to know how to say it. But it's some of that Ethiopian, and it is some kind of good. So it's a big one, two of them. So, you know, a one-pound bag of the one, a one-pound bag of the other. I get it in the whole bean so that I can grind it up myself. I like it that way. And, whew, man, it's the real deal. You would love it, Norman. Get some coffee from High Point Roasters if you haven't already. All right, Coffee Norman texts the show, and he says, Matt, I heard on television someone say Spencer Sanders was a quarterback to watch. They seem to think that he'll be the guy at Ole Miss. Hard to believe a guy who won 28 games at Oklahoma State would come to sit and watch Dart play. Any thoughts on this? And this is from Coffee Norman. And he, he, he texts back emphasizing, I heard someone on TV say this, yeah. I got you, Norman. I well, I, I'm the same way. You know, you look at it and you go, "Why would? Why would somebody do that?" Right? Like if they weren't out or benched in Oklahoma State, and you had a job. Why would you go running off somewhere where you may sit on the bench? I, you know, I don't know. Could be a contact thing and a money thing. In today's world, you just don't know. In today's college sports world, you just don't know. I mean, it could be a money thing. Now, um, maybe it's not. Maybe he just wants to play in the SEC. Uh, we all know this. You can have a lot of success at Oklahoma State, and it it's great, and you can go play in the NFL. But if you can go have that same kind of success at uh, in the SEC, you, you may get drafted a little higher. So maybe some of those things. I just know that from Ole Miss's perspective, that competition's a good thing. Maybe it is. I hadn't heard. I just know that uh, – I just know what I saw. 
I don't know anything about him personally whatsoever in the locker room, anything. I don't know. I just know what I saw athletically and from a skill and ability and toughness standpoint, and Dart's got a lot of it now. I, I think he can play. So that's just what I saw. Norman sent me the Jack Nicholson nodding gif, and I don't know if he's nodding about the coffee or nodding about my analysis. <laughs> so he likes something. That's what I know. i tell you what I like this time of year is the fact that we get high school football first. As a matter of fact, it is right around the corner. Like that monkey who sat his tail on a railroad track, it won't be long now. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had to work that one in there. Yeah, and uh, at the MAIS League, they're going to start it up real soon, the 11th, in fact. And let's talk about that right now. On your radio, on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer is MRA head football coach Herbert Davis. Coach Davis, I really do appreciate you giving me some time here on a Wednesday. Um, we're getting close, aren't we? Uh, closer than what you said. We actually play next Thursday. Oh, okay. So not next Friday. It's next Thursday. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah got to go on the road to Park Lane. It's going to be a really good heck of a game, man. Park Lane's got a bunch of seniors. It's kind of it's kind of their turn, man. They they're ready to go. So, we, so you're going to open on a Thursday night, and and I would assume, coach, for you guys playing on different days, not just Fridays, but Thursdays and some Saturdays. Is that pretty common on your schedules over the years? It has been on ours since we've kind of played some out-of-state teams, you know, mm -hmm. on Saturdays. And uh, the last, I think this is going to make the third or fourth year in a row, we've started our season on a Thursday night. And we'll do that again next year, too. Okay. Uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of unique. Yeah, sure. Herbert Davis, head football coach, MRA, on your radio right now. So opening up next week, you'll go on the road to Park Lane. And this time of year for you and your program, Coach, you get this close. So the, you know, the, we're the week before what is going to be game week. What's practice like and your routine like this time of year? You know, we're trying to get into the back to the basics of what we're going to be during the season a little bit, you know, and uh, you know, which for us is, we try to compete X amount of periods, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, competing for us means full speed, but thud tackling. We don't take anybody to the ground. Okay. Um, so we can try to keep those uh, that fast twitch going and see the game, you know, at full speed. Um, uh, however, then and then you know, then obviously we're gonna slow it down for some fundamentals and some special teams and. I actually slow it down a little bit with some team versus scout team too. So okay, I say slow it down. We're not we're not slowing down as far as that goes for as far as contact. Gotcha, makes sense. Hey, tell me about your quarterback from from your perspective. I mean, we see the numbers. I met his dad the other day. Jason came by when we were at Divinity on Monday, and and I know he's a Southern Miss commit and you know big time player. Your eyes as a coach as his head coach. What do you have in him at that position? Now, I'm going to tell you, he's really looking like a real deal right now. He uh, 
he's, he's finally gone on to the next level as far as the just hardly doesn't miss anything mentally now, you know, mm-hmm. or seeing blitz, understanding where the pressure is coming from, being able to check the protection to help himself, being able to check the run game to help us, uh, uh, to, to lead mm-hmm. to, you know, being a verbal leader. Yeah. Uh, he always was a great leader for us, working hard. I mean, the guy's one of the hardest workers we've got. Yeah. Uh, I personally think a lot of people are missing out on this guy, but no. Everybody wants everybody wants somebody to look like Matt White so they offer. <laughs> well if they if they tell you that, coach, tell them to look up my stats. That'll end that conversation real quick, I promise you. <laughs> coach Herbert Davis uh, on your radio right now from, from MRA and we're talking football. Okay, here's another question and this is a very novice question on my part, so you'll have to educate me on this, coach, but like at MRA and the MAIS season starting next week, that second full week of August, why does it start early in in the MAIS as opposed to public school? Why do you start a week earlier? We've always started a week earlier. Okay. Um, but then we kind of played a week earlier than that because really next week is, is a jam, week zero or jamboree week. And a lot of but then they started kind of saying, hey, you can play Jamboree or a game. Mm-hmm. And so in my perspective, I'm going to put my kids out there and risk them at playing a half. Uh, you know, yeah. we might as well play a game. Yeah, right. And then on the second part of that is, man, if you can play that early game, I believe it gives you a great, uh, advantage in your first couple of games, getting that, you know how that first game condition is now. Sure, it's a sure. little bit different. <laughs> and uh, getting that first game behind you for as game conditioning means a lot. No question about it. Because really, but, any. But as far as starting that early, I, don't, I wish we would start a little later, honestly. Uh-huh. I got you. Is, is that, you feel that way, like primarily because of the. The heat that you deal with, certainly at that time of August, or is it another reason you'd love to see it push back? Oh, I, I just, I don't know how much, you know, two weeks from now, I don't know how much heat we're going to get, heat relief we're going to get, but mm-hmm, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, hey, we used to be able to play growing up, it felt like you played a couple games that was a little bit with a coat on, you know, <laughs> And uh, we we don't we don't even get that nowadays. So uh, right. I think they're so worried about getting basketball games in or whatever. Uh, you know, we we we, we, we got to start basketball. We got to start football earlier. So I, I don't know what it is, but we we people have brought up another, another big deal for us too is you know our our people like to get through by Thanksgiving because it's kind of always been hard to find a venue to play. The games on, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, for it's like Mississippi College, they don't. One year we actually did not do it on. A, on we 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 played the week after. I think it was Katrina year. Okay. We played the week after that, and the dang week before we just had an open week because <laughs> we couldn't play Mississippi College, so yeah. they right. didn't want to do it. So yeah, uh, but it's just several uh, several things that that this kept us worth. Yeah, makes sense. Coach Herbert Davis at MRA on your radio right now. 
Uh, Coach, one of our listeners, uh, we know him as Grumpy. Uh, it's ironic because he's not grumpy at all. You know, it's like calling a big guy tiny. You know, but anyway, Grumpy uh, texts the show about the game that you've got scheduled with Pulaski Academy up in Arkansas, and he kind of wants to know how that came about to get them on your schedule. Uh, we kind of built a relationship with those guys. One of them playing their uh, their big shootout of the South, as they called it, seven on seven tournament. It's mm-hmm. One of the best tournaments around. Uh, they do a tremendous job, bring in about 30-something teams from about six, seven different states. Uh, it's run like like you would never imagine. It's unbelievable. We really enjoy it. We actually did go this year, mm. uh, tried to change it up a little bit because we actually got invited to the national tournament at Hoover. And at the same time, I still we will go back. We met we still, and, and look, we're also going up there this year, too, so we just didn't want to go up there twice. So. Sure, yeah. But man, just built a relationship with those guys, and look, they're 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 unbelievably coached well. They've won eight out of the last state championships, five of nine state championships up there. Uh, you're gonna get your best from them, you know. Sure. And somebody was telling me you have to fill me in, I guess, but uh, they are the school sort of known for never punting and always going for it on fourth down and that sort of thing. That's correct. Never punt. Always go for it on fourth down and onside kick just about every time. How about that? So when that does roll around, I would imagine, I mean, things like that, you know, uh, onside kick cover, those certain types of special teams, do you, you'll have to spend more time on it, I guess, that week leading up to that Huge, game. Yeah, we do. We've uh, <laughs> You know, they'll probably get it every time this year, but we've been blessed the last two years. I think they've kicked 18 kickoffs or onside kicks, and we've gotten every one of them. So That's great. Uh, that's been a big advantage for us. And You know, last year we had them, man. We just uh, – it was 41-40 late in the game. We had already – we missed three extra points. We had uh, gone down and uh, actually did stick it in three other times in the red zone. Uh, you know, so we we we, we kind of cramped the second half, and we never cramped, but we cramped the second half on a couple guys on defense. Because you got to think about it now, they're they're snapping at about hundred mile an hour too. So mm-hmm. yeah. we had two two secondary guys go down. It was like, all right, you're the we we're going at those guys, and mm-hmm. that's what that was kind of the difference in the game. So gotcha. Makes sense. Coach Herbert Davis is the head football coach at MRA, Madison Ridgeland Academy, and he's on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. So you go to Pulaski, Arkansas on September 1st, and two weeks later, you go to Hattiesburg to play Oak Grove. Um, <laughs> congrats <laughs> yeah. on that schedule, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I think. You know, I, I've never even smoked a cigarette in my life, but I think my uh, <laughs> my staff accused me of smoking something else when I did that. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was uh, no. Uh, we, you know, we we honestly, you know, not no disrespect to anyone, but gosh, we played Dion a few years back. They had fifteen Division One players. Mm-hmm. We played Oakland out of Tennessee the last two years. They won the. 6A up there three years in a row. Two years two years ago, they had, I don't know, nine out of their 11 on defense sign. 
ton of them signed on offense. You know, the running back went to Oregon, or receiver went to Miami. You know, they, you know, right. they, I don't know how many then they end up having, but they finished the top twenty in the country. Uh, so we we we've played those teams before, um, and it was just it just really honestly, uh, I'm so thankful um, that we could play the same type caliber team. From the state of Mississippi, and uh, you know, me and Drew kind of go back a ways uh, as far as when I was at Paddle, and he he played at Paddle. And, um, I don't know. He sounds like me. He, he don't care who he plays. He just wants to wants to get better. And yeah. according to Drew, he hadn't been able to get many many people want to jump down there and play him either. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of the way we came came together and. You know, it's uh, it's, it's going to be an honor to play them. Well, and I just think it's exciting. You know, um, I, I would compare it, Coach, to like when we, you know, whether it's our, our college teams in this state or whether it's occasionally we get that Alabama versus a Texas type of thing at the SEC level, the cross-conference deal, the cross-division deal that, it, you know, it just sprinkles in that extra bit of interest from from fans and media, but certainly even in the locker room. Like I, I, you know, coach, if I put myself in the shoes of one of your players, thinking, man, I'm gonna go lace them yeah. up and walk out there and play I, against Oak Grove. I can't wait. Our, our kids have done a, so far done a tremendous job on maybe understanding, like you say, we're up against the bear in the room, but our guys look forward to it. It's uh. They, they 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 know no one they understand we're playing these guys get better i mean yeah. you put it you put you put it on paper we never supposed to win any of these games and uh but our guys usually seem to fight scratch and claw and you know we, we got to count on being disciplined and uh together and all those intangibles to have an opportunity to win those games yeah uh and if we can just do some of those, we, we, we're going to get to play an unbelievable caliber football team. Who, by the way, I don't know if you've checked on Oak Grove. They've probably got five <laughs> Division One defensive linemen, uh, <laughs> defensive, defensive backs, receivers, yeah. quarterbacks committed to A&E. Oh, I mean, they're loaded. They are loaded. So it's not your old uh, regular old Joe of Oak Grove this year. They're going to be loaded, man. They're really good. Yep, yep. It's, I Drew himself wait. told me that he'll probably have 15 to 20 Division One signees over the next two years. Yeah. Gracious alive. So they're, they're going to really be a good football team. Well, when, uh, if, but, they uh, lose you know, a, if they lose a game, you need to send him a message and say, what's your excuse? That's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. We just, like I say, we're excited to play them. We know it's going to make us better. And, uh, and, and it does create a great excitement. I mean, to be able to do that, our fans love it. I mean, I think we went to, you know, Oakland was in Murfreesboro last year. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think we'd have a big crowd because we were seven and a half hours away. And gum, I think we had, uh, man, I bet you we had close to 3,000 people there. Man, it's just <laughs> crazy. crazy. So crazy. on our side, it was a week. They had a huge visitor's bleachers, and we had to do that thing here. You know, packed it in. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's a great road trip. That's great. 
Well, you'll have a bunch down there in Hattiesburg that night in the middle of September, I guarantee it. Coach, uh, time goes by quickly. You're having fun. I enjoyed talking to you. We're out of time, and it's just good to hear your voice. I cannot wait to watch your team play here uh, in a couple of Thursday nights. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Good talking to you. Yep, you too. Appreciate it. That's Coach Herbert Davis, head football coach, MRA, Madison Risland Academy. So, so it's not that opening game at Park Lane for MRA. Uh, he noted, I got it wrong, it's not Friday night the 11th. It is Thursday night the 10th. So one week from tomorrow night, they open the season. And uh, then the rest of it is, okay, so at Park Lane to open on a Thursday. They'll come back and host a couple of home games. The last two weeks of August, they'll host Magnolia Heights and then host Oak Forest from Louisiana. And then September 1st, uh, the Friday night before the big college season really all gets going, they are at Pulaski Academy in Arkansas, who they onside kick every time. They go for it on fourth down every time. It's a really cool thing. The, the second week of September, come back, host Madison St. Joe, and then on September 15th, go to Oak Grove, the game we're talking about. Then they have an open day. They'll finish the year back-to-back road games at East Rankin and at Hartfield. Back-to-back home games, middle of October, hosting J.A. and Prep. I mean, huge two weeks, 13th and 20th of October. Last game of the regular season will be October 27th at PCS, and then you hit the playoffs, uh, hopefully. So there you go. Enjoyed that. Man, isn't it good to preview what's about to happen real soon? Yeah. Cannot wait. Put the ball down. All right. More with you in the Bureau coming up. Stick around. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in Bureau, rolling along. Here we go. Get them on in here. You can text the show, call the show. That was fun to talk with uh, Coach Herbert Davis on the Divinity Equipment phone line. You can do the same. Call me up. That number, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Love to hear from you. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's cool with me. Uh, text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. J-Rock text the show. We're talking about quarterbacks. Um, somebody asked earlier, said, you know, Spencer Sanders, he was a starter at Oklahoma State. People were saying, well, he's going to wind up being the guy. Why would he transfer there to go sit on the bench? Um, You know, I don't know that there are as many guarantees getting thrown around out there in the transfer portal as there used to be. Because if, if I'm not careful, I'll get away from the point and really chase this rabbit. But think about it. You, you used to have a situation where transfers were more limited, okay, and you didn't have a big wide open pay-for-play system where you could just above board load them up with cash or money or benefits, right? And so for a kid to step out to come play for you, there might want to be more assurances back in the day to transfer. Not always. And, and most coaches, I mean, 
it's all according to their situation. Pretty, and pretty much any coach is going to tell you, oh, man, you're a whole lot better off. You, you just come in, you have a competition to win a job, and the best player wins it. And if, it, if, if it's the transfer, great. If not, but I guess what I'm saying is now, as a program, as a coach, even when it's big-time play, even if you're paying them, right, if you're loading them up with a big cash deal or whatever it is for them to come to transfer to your school, they can still leave. You don't have any assurance because of the open transfer portal that they're actually going to stay. So if you're a coach, because of the wide open transfer portal, even if you go recruit some quarterback off of another roster, even if you pay them to come and play for you, why would you put all your eggs in that one basket when whether he's playing or not, he can up transfer the next year? Whether you've paid him or not, he can up and transfer the next year. Why would you put all your eggs in that one basket? I think that there are probably less assurances being handed over to transfers, no matter who they are, because of the wide-open transfer portal and the fact that money is exchanging hands. It's like, look, I'll give you the – if we're going to pay you and you could still leave, you can come compete all day. And if you win the job, I'll play you. And, yeah, we got an opportunity. But I can't guarantee you you're going to win the job. It's just one way to think about it, and I, there may be something to that. J-Rock texted the show and said, Walker Howard, who left LSU for Ole Miss, could have started at Auburn, Florida, maybe even Alabama, instead of sitting on the bench. And then he sent me the money bags uh, emoji. Well, and, you know, maybe so. I will also say, you have to admit, don't you, that for those quarterbacks, it's, a, it's an attractive thought for them to get to play for Lane Kiffin in that offense. And that's part of it also, I think, is thinking, okay, I just think that there's probably some some factors in the decision-making on both sides of this transfer stuff nowadays that we haven't begun to quite get used to yet, maybe. Right? Like we're in a new era of what is essentially pay-for-play and wide-open free agency with no contracts, which is crazy to think about. That's what we have. So we're in this new era of all this stuff, but we still look at it sometimes from our old perspective. Well, we shouldn't do that. Here's what I mean. Let's say you're a highly touted, highly recruited quarterback prospect. Okay, and you're, let's say that, you know, like, I'm not saying him specifically, but like that Howard kid when he was at LSU. Highly recruited, highly talented. Every quarterback coach, every offensive coach in the country knows about you through recruiting. You know, any option you wanted to have. And now you're in the transfer portal. You can choose anywhere you want to go. And anybody's going to love to have you. And because of your profile, pretty much any big-time program is going to pay you. Well, if that's the case... Are you in, if you're a young guy, are you automatically always in as big a hurry to go somewhere? They're going to pay you anyway. It's almost like they're going to pay you. They're going to pay for your school while they develop you into a starting quarterback. Are you in it because of those factors? Are you in as big a hurry to go and get on the field somewhere immediately anyway? Why don't transfer? I'm there a year, don't like it. Pay or not, I can still leave. So 
do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, from a competitive standpoint, I totally get it. I want to go get on the field. I don't want to wait on the bench. But if you're someone who goes, I am definitely a pro prospect. There's no question. It would definitely benefit me to develop for a period of time under the right coach and in the right system. They're going to pay me anyway the day I show up. That's part of the deal. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have to go get on the field right away. I'll go learn and develop for two years, and when I get on the field, light the world on fire, and then the draft slot is higher, or draft profile. And the higher you get drafted, the more you get paid. I'm just saying there may be factors in the decision-making on both sides of this transfer, especially high-profile quarterback stuff, that we don't think about enough because we're still looking at it from the perspective we used to look at it from. worth considering what do y'all think res dog texts the show and says playing in that offense makes you look good in college but not so much in the nfl see blake sims and matt corral you know there's probably something to that but i would say there's res dog you know look far be it for me to defend that i'm just looking at it for what it is there are a lot of offenses that are that way you could even say that to a degree about the old air raid under mike leach the true air raid under mike leach right in that, you know, those guys, all of them over the years, I mean, they just so much fun to play that position in that offense in college view quarterback, just airing it out all the time and numbers through the roof and a lot of touchdown throws and all those different things. And a bunch of them get opportunities in the NFL. None ever became, a, obviously, a Brady or Mahomes, but I don't know that any of them ever became a Dak. Did they? Are there any of those true air raid quarterbacks that went and became a starter in the NFL for a decade. So, I mean, that's such a limited number anyway. <laughs> but to your point, I, I can't agree with that. You go, man, what Lane Kiffin did with Blake Sims, a converted running back at Alabama, people don't realize it. Blake Sims was a running back. He's about this tall. He was a running back. They make him a quarterback. You go, well, he's going to be a running quarterback. Well, he did, and he did some run. In fact, that 2014 game, Mississippi State-Alabama, the DAC team that was number one, the thing that, you know, Alabama got off to a fast start, State started closing the gap, final score is 25-20. The thing that closed that game out for that Alabama team was Blake Sims converting third downs, running with his, just scrambling, running. I mean, it, so, yeah, he did run. But people forget, until, like, Tua came along, Blake Sims, a converted running back under Kiffin at Alabama, set the Alabama single-season passing record. He passed Jay Barker. I mean, he was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not. Now, he had Amari Cooper and some guys like that on that team, but still. Um, and Corral, yes. Right. You know, the I had a guy call in here before the NFL draft when Corral was coming out. I, I was always a fan of Corral. I was never critical of him at all. It's just that I wasn't doing what some other people were doing, which was trying to make him into a should-be first-round pick and a wonder talent and a surefire, going to light it up in the NFL kind of guy and all this. I 
was a little more reserved on all of it because it's going to be such a different deal in the NFL. It is for everybody. And one of the conversations back then about Corral was his running ability. Because, you know, that was a big part of it. Once he got in that offense under Kiffin, man, he was able to make his – they were able to make his legs work for them and get people open and move people around. They were so hard to defend. And he was good at it. Kid was good at it. Well, my point then was and, – and this guy came on the radio that day and tried to shout me down about it and call me an idiot. But I kept saying, I don't care what his running ability is, and neither does the NFL. They do not, it does not factor. His running ability does not factor. For him as a quarterback in the NFL. If you're Lamar Jackson, okay. If you're Randall Cunningham, all right. <laughs> okay. I mean, if your scrambling ability is like from another universe good, like Patrick Mahomes or something, okay. But other than that, it's null and void at that position. You're going to tell me. If you're Cam Newton, they use it in Carolina, but for how long? And a guy weighed 260 pounds, okay? You're not going to roll up in there at 205 and tell me you're a 4-5, even a 4-5, but you're a 4-6 and a 40 and your running ability is going to matter in the NFL? No, it ain't even a factor. (laughs) Well, he told me I was wrong. Well, it turns out I wasn't wrong about that. So, yes, to your point. That's nothing against, that's not to take away from Kiffin and his coaching ability. You take a guy and build an offense around him. That's what you're supposed to do as a coach. And he did it with Sims in Alabama. It was unbelievable. The change in Matt Corral was pretty much unbelievable. And no, it's not always going to snap your fingers and translate immediately to the NFL. That NFL stuff's just a whole different animal. It's proven every year. All right. Preaching to the choir on that one. Y'all stick around. All right, back with you. Fun show today. All set to wrap it up here in a few minutes. We've got a little time left, so get your texts in. Get your comments in on the live stream if you're tuning in there. Get it on in here. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Farm Bureau Insurance. I hate hate this story that I'm looking at right here. Hate it. Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers has been charged by local prosecutors with tampering with records related to the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations inquiry into improper gambling at Ohio... I'm sorry, at Iowa State. Sorry. If you're listening, DJ, sorry. It was a slip. At Iowa State. According to the Des Moines Register, Deckers, the Iowa State quarterback, bet on an Iowa State football game, his team, in 2021 against Oklahoma State. He was the backup quarterback at the time at Iowa State. He bet on the game. This does not specify if he bet on his team to win or lose. He just bet on the game that he was a player in against Oklahoma State. Now, along with that one, he allegedly placed 25 other bets on Iowa State sporting events. Okay, so student-athlete, under the NCAA umbrella, 
bets on a whole bunch of sporting events at his school, including one he's playing in. His DraftKings account alleges... Let me read it. Decker's DraftKings account alleged complete completed upwards of 350 sports wagers, and they total more than $2,700. Now, he was their starting quarterback last year. This would mean, here's why I say I hate this story. Decker's would permanently lose eligibility under NCAA guidelines for betting. Uh, he's played in 19 games for Iowa State. He started all 12 for him last year. Threw for over 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns. He was honorable mention all Big 12. So, you can stack this example on top of the example we had at Alabama baseball this past year. Which is even worse, it's a coach who's tangled up in uh, giving information to a guy who's in a casino at that moment, placing weird bets on Alabama baseball games based on the information he got directly from the coach. As an example of you know, sports gaming, betting, gambling, working its way into the sport. And you go, well, why would... They have a problem with it, right? It's always been against the rules, right? But why would it be against the rules? Because, you know, you got leagues that are partnering with sports gaming, and now it's legal in every state. And, you know, you got sports gaming things and draft things that are sponsoring big sporting events. And why would it still be, you know, against the rules for, well, it's for integrity reasons, right? It's for that reason right there. You don't want some guy who, he's not getting a $100,000 in, NIL money, and he's thinking, <clears throat> well, based on what I know, I could cash in a little bit here by betting on this game because I got info. Or I can affect the game. I miss that field goal. You know, or whatever. I'll fumble. Shaving points, throwing a game, they're trying to avoid all that stuff. So you draw a clear line between gambling by participants versus non-participants, right? So that's the whole deal. And in this deal, you got a you got a starting quarterback at the college level. He is very good. Started every game last year at Iowa State. Very high level of competition. Over three thousand yards passing in the in the season last year. Nineteen TDs. And he's about to permanently lose eligibility. So it's not an "I told you so." I they obviously. I'm just telling you. Trust me on this. If you didn't know. They hear it all the time at that level, really at any level of college sports, but particularly big-time college football and big-time college basketball. They are all the time sitting in that team meeting room with somebody in front of them, giving them some lecture about things they can't do and how you cannot gamble. (laughs) You can't do it. Here's all the reasons why. They've heard it a bunch of times. It's not like he didn't know. He didn't know. But, I I mean, what do you got to – You're going to have an example here that everybody's going to use him as an example. He's going to permanently lose NCAA eligibility. Every coach 
every administrator who presents to the teams on their campus going forward is going to put this kid's name up there and his picture and tell his story. Really good. Started 12 games. Bet on a game that he played in two years earlier. It even happened before. The total money he won was very little. A little over 2700 bucks total. You know, or whatever it is he wins. Gone for good. His eligibility is over. He is expelled from being a college athlete. You can not bet on sports as an athlete. You can't do it. You stand in front of your team and you tell them, guys, you can't do it. Can't do it. You think it's innocent. You think you're going to get away with it. It doesn't matter if you lose five bucks or if you win five cents. If you bet on the game and it's found out, you're done. It's over. They will. You can't be eligible anymore. You just can't do it. I mean, and still you're going to have people do it. But I hate the example. I just hate to think about it. Because anybody can fall off into something they shouldn't be in. It can happen to anyone. And for it to be a 20-year-old guy who's he's, he's a starting quarterback at a Big 12 school at a Power 5. He threw for 3,000. He may even be a prospect, have a chance to be a – his career is over. It's over. He's going to look back on it one of these days and absolutely regret it. I just hate it for him. I hate to see it. I really do hate to see it. I like to see this. Let me talk to Beaver. Hey, B. Hey, Matt White. Are you a fan of the classic ice cream sandwich? Yep. <laughs> that was a very quick, confident yep, by the way. <laughs> Yeppers. Yeppers. Well, congrats to you, Beaver, and all of those like you. Today, August the 2nd, is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Mm. Hey, you know. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, we have a, a freezer over yes. here because JMI. Oh, you know the freezer I speak of. I know about the freezer. Roger, many years ago, gave me an ice cream sandwich out of it. Yeah. Well, we have that back, and <laughs> yes. there are several ice cream sandwiches. It's been there about two months, and I've yet to get an ice cream sandwich okay. out of there. So I now that you tell me this, I think I need to. The original ice cream sandwich sold for a penny in 1900. <laughs> Oh, penny was a lot of money in, back in 1900, Beaver. A penny. Only the rich kids got ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> uh, it, like most things, it originated in New York. It was a uh, in 1900. You could get one for a from a push cart in New York for a penny. Um, the ice cream sandwich, National Ice Cream Sandwich. Here's what it said. Whether it's vanilla, strawberry, or Neapolitan between two chocolate wafers, the dessert sure will hit the spot on a hot summer day. Um, have you ever had an ice cream sandwich with anything but vanilla ice cream in it? No, I haven't. See, I don't think I have either. But apparently they exist. 
Now I will say that I've had ice cream sandwiches where the you know the the two outsides, the wafers or whatever, was chocolate, and I've had those when it's like a a different flavor, like graham or vanilla or whatever. It's not chocolate. Uh, generally, I eat them so fast enough. I, I eat them so fast that it doesn't matter what it is. Because <laughs> you kind of have to. This is one of these ice cream items, and if you're not careful, it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. It'll melt quick. Yeah. Okay, so get yourself an ice cream sandwich today. I would say that... Uh, Oh, by the way, too, it's it's also National Coloring Book Day. Beaver, when's the, when's the last time you colored in a coloring book? <laughs> I guess maybe between five and seven. I don't know. What are we talking about, 30 years ago? Something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's also that. We'll see what tomorrow is. and I know tomorrow will be Thursday. I do know that. But we'll see what else pops up tomorrow. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show, in the Bureau and elsewhere, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, go with the home team, your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I'm Matt. We're going to see you tomorrow, same time, same place. See you then. See you.